Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, only tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Welcome everybody to the... Oh, wait a minute. Fuck, I did that again. Son of a bitch. What are you doing? Stop doing that. Well, well, because I'm so used to starting an episode, and then I forget it's a fucking part two. (sighs) A part two to what, CJ? (laughs) This one's a part two to the uh, real murders conversation we started with Ariel last week. That's right. If you uh, if you liked the heaviness of part one and you were able to get through it with your meditation and your weed and whatever else you use. <laughs> you know, Smoke one, was using the weed tactic. So I, I, th- I think uh, <laughs> Smoke's the type of guy who will smoke weed and develop feng shui is how I think. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but anyways, if you if you manage to get through the the heaviness of that of part one, uh, here is part two. It is a little less heavy, uh, and we try and amp up the humor as much as possible. But uh, I I mean I think uh, I don't know I don't have a fa- I never have a favorite, but I I definitely have a favorite um, of the movies that we listen to. This well, I could see I could see if this one I know you don't really have a favorite, but I could see how the, the, you would lean towards this one because horror, horror horror movies are your thing, and it certainly was. You know, you and you and Ariel certainly carried the conversation through the whole thing. You know, and and I I played more of the fact checker, but you know what? I had a good time with it, and it was a fun time. And fuck it, you know that's how I say. Right. I mean, that's that's a great way to look at it. I mean, it, in a roundabout way, it was my own revenge for you doing an episode without me. But I guess since I did an episode with OC, I was going to say you that. fucking did that shit first. Well, so. you know, I it's fine when I do it. When you do it, it's insulting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how that functions either All way right, guys. guys just enjoy part two and if you have any problems with it you can contact ariel at malice malice <laughs> malice podcast on twitter don't you gotta that's not right but still no i'm not being serious she's she's really just amazing so yeah yeah no totally we had a really good time and uh looking forward to having her back on the show and and i'm actually looking because we reference it on the episode i'm looking forward to our fans hearing us on her show like three months from now so yes like a virus we will be infecting everybody else's podcast okay so if we're gonna talk scream i gotta say that the the only thing i can really kind of talk about with scream is two things one the the part of Scream that I've seen is from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they're running through the 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 studio and Shannon Doherty rips the mask off of Susanna, the orangutan, and yells at Wes about, a monkey, really, Wes? You know, 
And then I think Wes says something to the effect of studies show people love monkeys, which I think yeah. is a great line um, to be delivered by Wes Craven of all people. So there's that. And then, and then the fact that Drew Barrymore, my buddy, my buddy fucking rented this movie when it came out and was super fucking excited to see it. Cause he's a huge Drew Barrymore fan. Drew Barrymore fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right there. There you go. <laughs> You tried to say Barrymore backwards. It was amazing. It was good. Um, yeah, Marymore. Um, it's not not it not as bad as my Oscar's Isaac, but you know, you know, or your Wayne Manor. My Wayne Manor. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, but he he rents this movie on VHS, Rico, of all things, because that's when it came out, and. Is so excited to watch Drew Barrymore in this movie, and then she's like dead in the first like ten minutes or whatever it is, yep. and yep. he he literally took the thing out of his VCR and took it back to the video store and didn't even watch the rest of it. Oh. So, wow, what a I mean, what a it's worth the watch. Oh, I, it listen, is. listen, he was at the time seventeen, so I'm I'm sure at That's... some point he's probably seen it since, but yeah. Well, actually, that doesn't help his case. The fact that he was 17. He's just like, no! No! Fuck this movie! Yeah, clearly there weren't any other attractive women in it he could watch. I think he he really only cared about it because of Drew Barrymore. So So he'll watch all of Charlie's Angels 1 and 2, but he won't watch Scream past the first 10 minutes. No, I, I like I said, I am sure he, he has since gone and watched it. But anyway. All right. All right so yeah. I will now sit back yet again. And let the masters of horror discuss. <laughs> uh, well, my, you know, I'm glad you brought up Drew Barrymore because Drew Barrymore, that was her idea. Not necessarily to like, hey, kill me, you know, because it wasn't like the character Casey Becker was supposed to survive. The intent was Casey's going to die in the beginning, but it was Drew was originally offered the role of uh, Sidney Prescott, the mm-hmm. Nev Campbell role. And she said, fuck that. Like, if the audience is expecting me at the beginning of this film to be the lead, and then I die 10 minutes in, the audience is going to constantly second guess where it's going to go. Who is expendable and who is going to survive? And she also likened it to the Janet Lee performance in Psycho, because we follow Janet Lee for the first half of the film. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking this is going to be all about her. And then the shower scene is half is more or less halfway through the mark, maybe a little bit over halfway. So we get a huge chunk of of uh, Janet Lee, and 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 so that's all it was. It was just sort of an homage, you know. If if this was if Scream was done in maybe the seventies or the early eighties, it would have been played by Jamie Lee Curtis. That mm-hmm. I could see her doing the exact same thing, being like, "I'm a star at the height of my caliber right now. I'm gonna." I'm going to let the audience think I'm going to be the, the final girl essentially. And it was just, it was just a brilliant idea. When I, when I first saw scream, I was of that right enough age where I was young enough and not too old where I'm like, this is some stupid shit, but I appreciate it. I was 11 and I was sucked in. I didn't know she was going to go. So I, I give Wes Craven and, and Kevin Williamson, serious props for doing that i thought it was amazing too and i mean i was um let's see if you were 11 i'd have been right around 
17 or 18, I guess, at the time that it came out. And um, No, I wasn't 11 when it came out. I was 11 oh. when I saw it. When it came oh. out, I was five. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, yeah, I was going to say, I thought it came out when I was younger. Um, okay. So if you were five, I'd have been 12. <laughs> I think somewhere around there. Eh, Math. Anyway. Math's, math's not my thing. <laughs> so uh, I forget my own age often, actually. Uh, but yeah, I thought that that was really great. Drew Barrymore was a big favorite of mine at the time, too. And going into it, you're like, oh, yes, we're getting right down to it. And then she fucking dies. And mm-hmm. you're just kind of, what the fuck? Like, not only dies, but gets gutted and hung from a tree. And you're like, what the fuck? It's E.T.'s sister. What's this shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that, that was brilliant. Um, and really kind of does just suck you in right from that moment. So, um, and I mean, it became an iconic role for her, even though it was only 10 minutes, you yeah, know? Yeah. Everybody knows that phone call. Everybody knows that opening <laughs> sequence, basically. So, um, yeah, no, I love it. But this is one of the ones that is a lesser known um, correlation to the true crime part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can believe it is probably on par or worse than what actually happens in screen. So you might, you might, I need you to elaborate because I know that it was inspired by some murders and, and ultimately did inspire some later murders as well. Yes. Which yes. I have I have the, the information on the latter murders. Um so if if I could share those when the time comes, I'll do that. But and and very quickly if I could jump in, Ariel, before you get into the, the true crime portion. Rico, if you remember we did a for a hundredth episode we went through AFI's top one hundred movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Um Scream is not on that list and I think rightfully so just because I don't no, I know I don't think it would qualify regardless of my thought on horror films, I just don't think it qualifies. However, it was on AFI's top one hundred years top one hundred thrill. So I'm basically on their their top thrillers their, slash their horror. horror edition. Yeah. Yeah. Um it doesn't say what number, unfortunately, and what I'm looking at here, but it, it they did make the list. So I think that's at least pretty cool. I think it deserves recognition to be on a list, but I would not I mean it's it's a classic now. I think at the time it was it was just it was actually more or less labeled as a as a pseudo comedy, not a serious comedy in the sense of like scary movie, which ultimately did right. make fun of it. Right. But it was like it was self-referential, it was meta, it was poking fun at the genre but still being its genre. It was it was James Silent Bob reboot but for horror films is essentially yeah, how yeah. I looked at it. Definitely. So what do you got for us? Give us some some factoids. Okay. Um, So I actually wrote up a little bit about this one because it is um, lesser known. You know, like if we we talk Ed Gein or Manson or something, people have the general gist, right? Sure. But this is actually, um, I'm going to take you back in time to August 24th, 1990. This is in Gainesville, Florida. There because of course, Florida. Forced Florida. Yeah. Well, he's not from Florida, but it still but, took so, place there. So, so as soon as he landed in Florida, he became homicidal. No, he already was. But uh, we're going to start here because this is what this is what actually 
inspired scream. Okay. From the jump. Uh, so Danny Rowling is this guy's name. He breaks into the home of an 18 year old. Uh, her name's Sonia Larson and 17 year old Christina Powell, who are both freshmen at the university of Florida. Now Rowling is six foot two. And though the women were both awake, he was able to overwhelm both of them. He raped both of them, stabbed them to death, and then posed their bodies in sexually suggestive positions for police to find. He removed one of their nipples for a trophy, and the very next day, he struck again. Ugh. So the next victim was 18-year-old Krista Hoyt, and the murder was the most macabre of all of them. He broke in, raped her, killed her, decapitated her, left her sitting upright on the on the bed with her severed head placed on a shelf across from her looking at her. And he then sliced off her nipples as well. Mm. And the last two victims were roommates, Tracy Pauls and Manuel Taboda. He killed the man first, stabbing him 30 times in his sleep and then stabbed uh, Tracy Pauls to death as well. So because of this, the, uh, the city of Gainesville and the campus went into a complete media frenzy, okay? So people were panicked all over the place. People were, there was a mass exodus of the university. There were camera crews and news coverage stuff everywhere on this campus, um, desperately trying to figure out who this guy was. There were people who were being falsely accused who were then just like ostracized because people didn't believe it. Ultimately, the guy was caught, obviously, and was, um, you know, sent to prison. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a weird, weird fucking dude. And um, what what really kind of inspired the story was um, the screenwriter saw the story on the news one night and just thought, oh, my God, this is like the most messed up thing I've ever heard. And that's why we see all of the coverage in screen with the news. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He also was house sitting for a friend and his friend, he got scared because he was alone in a house. He wasn't, you know, used to, and he was watching the footage and the news and the, and the news mm-hmm. and a, and a friend, he called his friend to try and like relieve himself from like, you know, try to make himself less scared. And they started talking about horror movies, which made him more scared. And he grabbed a knife. It was walking around on the phone being like, so what's your favorite scary movie? So that whole, <laughs> it, it kind of or, organically accumulated through a conversation. I mean, and then he, you know, obviously Roger L. Jackson as Ghostface made that role. And, and oh, yeah. watching those films, the, the terrifying thing is you can kind of tell when the actresses were comfortable or, or the, not just the actresses, but when the characters were comfortable talking to Roger, because he would talk to them as they would shoot as, as well as dub it in ultimately later. But like you could see in scream to the movie within the movie, Heather Graham looking actually kind of terrified when she see CJ in the movie of scream, they made a movie of the effect of what happens in Scream. So, so it's a movie sense. within a movie called Stab. Yeah, sure. And Heather Graham plays the Drew Barrymore role in the movie okay. within the movie. Yeah, I follow. Yeah. And it was and that whole scene actually was directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, amazingly enough. Um wild. 
but he she's on the phone and and she admitted that she was actually legit terrified because she had never met Roger L. Jackson and didn't know where he was. She was just hearing this hello Sydney. What's your uh-huh. favorite scary movie? Like he she was just terrified. But if you watch Scream 2, Sarah Michelle Geller is just totally chill and relaxed. She's like, Oh yeah, hey, what's going on? He's like, I'm gonna catch you like a fish. And she's like, Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like motherfucker, I'm Buffy. you don't scare me. Don't fucking scare me. Um uh, I'm King Kong in this motherfucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> um there's some there's some follow up here on the aftermath. Um, I'm gonna take them out of order in in the ones I feel like are least effective. I guess I guess I would be the best way to put it. Um, Arrow, you and I are closer in age, if I recall. Am I That's incorrect right. about that? Yeah. Okay. So Rico, you were certainly alive for this and probably remember it, but I feel like. Ariel and I probably dealt with the aftermath of this a little more just in our day-to-day lives, but the um, the committee investigating Columbine focused on Scream pretty heavily and actually wanted to use and actually showed the opening scene, Drew Barrymore scene, to the to the committee on Congress uh, about how it's an example of negative media for children, um, which. Knowing a, an Ariel, you probably know more than I do, so please fill in the de- the details. But knowing what I know about Columbine, I would say if there was any negative impact, it wasn't from Scream. There was many other things that played a role in that, as yeah. opposed to Scream. I mean, so I, I, I also, yeah. I also don't believe that it's Marilyn Manson's fault. Just for the record, but you know, like I know because I know he took a bunch of shit too. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, but that's another debate, maybe for another discussion, another episode. But I just, you know, wanted to start there. Then in June of two, uh, in January, let's start with here, actually. January of the same year, 1999, uh, 13-year-old Ashley Mary was stabbed multiple times in the head and back before being left for dead by his then friend. So I guess Ashley was a male, Daniel Gill and Robert Fuller. He was later found and saved by an early man. The pair were dubbed the Scream Attackers after it emerged they had watched Scream just before the attack, and drawings of Ghostface were found among their possessions. Um, The actions were additionally blamed on physical abuse, drugs, and black magic in their home life, which is a whole nother thing. So there's that one. In June of 2002, a 17-year-old boy lured his 15-year-old friend Alice out of our parents' house in France, I'm not going to try to say the name of the town, sorry, not happening, um, and stabbed her 42 times while wearing the ghost face mask. He ran away when a neighbor saw him, and the girl um, told the neighbor who did it before she died. Um, and then after he was arrested, he, the boy said that he had wanted to kill someone and emulate Ghostface. Now, the the... What I feel like is the most intriguing of the three, um, and I say that loosely because they're all terrible, but is January of 1998. A 16-year-old Mario Padilla and his 14-year-old cousin Samuel stabbed Mario's mother 45 times and killed her. The case became known as the Scream Murder and fell under intense media scrutiny after the boys claimed they were inspired by both Scream 1 and 2. The pair confessed to needing money acquired from killing Gina to fund a killing spree, which would include purchasing two ghost face costumes and a voice changer, 
used by the character in the movie. Um, during the trial, a psychologist who studied the effect of violence on children stated that there was a whole bunch of reasons they acted out the way they did, but did the movie provide the blueprint? Absolutely. So, it's it's I'd really like to, interesting. I'd like, to, I'd like to point out that in Scream 2, one of the killers, uh, played by, spoiler, uh, Timothy Olafantastic, said <laughs> he, that his character's motive... Does that mean you're a fan or no? It's a reference to how Kevin Smith yeah. referred to him. So yeah, Kevin. Kevin Oliphant, yeah, Kevin. Oliphantastic. Yeah. Same like Al. Have you ever seen Night's Tale with Alan Tudyk? Mm-hmm. He calls him Alan Tudyk. So. Uh, gotcha. Same okay. thing. Eli- Eliza Dushku is Eliza is uh is uh duck shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he he does that. So anyway. Okay. Anyways, um. Timothy Oliphant's character says that he's going to blame the movies. He's going to blame the the horror films that have inspired him to kill. So it, it's really, really, I mean, it's fascinating in a really fucking awful way that there were more killers in real life that were, I guarantee if anything, they were more inspired by Scream 2 than Scream 1 just for the I'm going to blame the movies aspect of it. Yeah, maybe. That's probably true. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Well, I mean, that's all I've got on screen. I don't, what about you guys? Um, just that uh, I hear they're making a fifth one. I thought it was really? fourth. I hear they're making a fifth one. Uh, they oh, also fifth, yeah, did yeah. make a TV show, and right. I saw the first two seasons. It's 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 different. It's it's similar enough where they could call it screen, but it's not. It's definitely not based on the movies. It's it's its whole separate entity. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the books. <laughs> not in the books. Uh, Ariel, what do, which do you have a favorite of the four screams as of now? Uh, to be honest with you, I just really love the classic, like the original. Okay, so. that that's fair. I mean, there's there's no wrong answer to that question. Sure. Sure. I, I've heard that a, a lot of people for... prefer, prefer two over one, but I don't that's have a I preference myself. Um, I think everyone's usually unanimously agreed that the first two are the best of the four. Yeah. Of, of, but more or less of equal footing is sort of how they view it. Gotcha. I actually thoroughly enjoyed three. Uh, CJ, you'll appreciate this. It's prominently set in Hollywood. So at a one point, Chainsaw and Bob are in line. I was going to say, I thought they made a made an appearance in that one. I remember. Which is the most bizarre fucking thing in the whole franchise. <laughs> because you're watching, you're just like, I get that it was like Wes Craven and Kevin Smith being like, hey, let's, you know, make a little crossover thing for your franchise and my franchise. And you're watching, you're like, it fucking, it makes more sense for Jay and Bob to bust in on Scream 4 than it does for them to actually be real fucking people as opposed to fictional characters and fucking <laughs> walking by and 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 having Jay mistake uh Gail Weathers Courtney Cox to be Connie fucking Chung. <laughs> He's like, check it out, lunchbox is that fucking chick, Connie fucking Chung. And she flips him off and He's like, see, man, I told you bitches love me, man. Like, she was, see that shit? Like, yeah, that's and you're just Jay. like, what yeah. the fucking fuck was that? And it, you know, the it, it, it's not to get off on a 
full tangent, but it's like when they did the they did an episode of Flash. I mean, Kevin's Kevin's directed a few of them, but there's one where Jay and Bob actually. There's a couple where Jay's just a different character. Jay. It's no, he's not Jay. He's a different character. It's Jason Mewes, but he's not Jay. You know. And then no 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 he he can listen Jane that's a whole nother debate but Jane Muse has more acting chops than he gets credit for but that's I agree um, I remember those episodes too the but flash. but there's there's one specifically where they are basically Jane Bob as security guards and that yep. one felt really fucking weird because it just didn't work for me as much well, as I love those characters but because who the fuck would hire them to be security. Right, exactly. That's kind of what I meant. It just didn't. It Bob, didn't work. Bob, maybe because you're like, oh, he's kind of stoic and silent. And then you like look at Jay. You're like, fuck no. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason why I would trust you. You would totally jack my shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's, just yeah. like smoke weed and be like, hey man, I think people are like walking in. Nah, look, me. lunchbox. It's animal tranquilizer. That shit fucks you up like Percocet. <laughs> and they do, that, that would be what they do like they would just shoot each other and get <laughs> yeah. high yeah. and then like people would just walk in and just steal their shit <laughs> so no, see they would be the security guards at the animal vet where Jay and Saul Bob would break in that's right? how bad right? of a situation it would be right um, Ariel you're our expert here so why don't you lead us to our next movie sure um, let's see well I've got a few options for you do you want to talk about The Strangers? Yes. Do you want to talk <laughs> Amityville Horror? Yes. Or do you want to talk The Hills Have Eyes? Yes. <laughs> you want to pick one there? One the you Strangers. Got... Let's go with The Strangers. All right, cool. All right, so The Strangers, um, not surprisingly, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, it's basically these... Teens are. Um, excuse me, just for because I seem to be the researcher. Are we talking about the 2008 or the 2012? Because apparently there's two films. The one with Liv Tyler. Uh, okay, 2008. Thank you. They Do did you make a give... sequel as well. Okay. Um, sorry, you... Ariel. Go ahead. No. Do you want to give the synopsis actually, since you have it pulled up? Give, uh, give a synopsis. Um, give me two seconds because I'm still. I've just switched over to IMDb, and I'd rather pull the synopsis okay. off that one. Um. Okay. I could just or Rico Pam. <laughs> Let me Either do way. something, motherfucker. No, I, I, I actually. Here we go. Uh, this is long synopsis, but uh, Rico, why don't you go ahead? Because this is literally like two pages worth of synopsis. <laughs> Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman are a couple. They go back to their house. Uh, they seem to be having some form of marital problems. Knock, knock, knock. They go to the door. It's a, you never actually see the person. It's a woman. And she says, is Tamara home? I think is, is the person. And they're like, no, there's no Tamara here. And she's like, oh, okay. And they just fucks off and they close the door and they kind of go back to whatever they're doing. And then knock, knock, knock again. Same thing. And the guy's like, look, I told you there's no fucking Tamara here. There's mm -hmm. no Tamara. There's no Tia. There's no fucking sister, sister act here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And there's no Taj Maori. There's nobody. <laughs> and so they're kind of like, I think, and then they kind of see outside, like just figures wearing masks. One of them is wearing a doll mask, like a porcelain doll looking thing. The other one's doing a, a, a burlap sack 
similar to Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th 2. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're all just kind of creepy looking fucks. And they're just kind of staying there just like, hey, what the fuck? Get off my property. And they just don't. And yeah. then it, in the same sense that Halloween is more of a suspense slasher film, Strangers is is follows that trope. There is minimal gore. There's mm-hmm. there's some gore. There's there's some blood, but it's it's they really try to follow the Halloween situation. So it's just these strangers just breaking into the house and stalking this couple in their house and around their property. And and the only reason why, because they they're saying, Why the fuck are you doing this? And family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Uh, one of them answers finally just says, because you are home. They just basically did a random act of violence, and they just happen to be the unlucky people that opened the door. Right. Hmm. Right. So there's an immediate calling to the Manson family murders, right? Mm-hmm. The mm. Tate and Lombardo murders. Okay. Um, just in, in the fact that this is a very randomized act of violence, it wasn't as random to Manson himself, but the fact that he sent these um, these members of his family out to essentially, you know, do something witchy in his own words. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have the scenario where at the Tate home, she was actually entertaining a bunch of people. She was eight months pregnant. Uh, Roman Polanski, her husband, was away on a shoot, and um, she had everybody who was anybody basically uh, around there at the time, including like Abigail Folger, who was the heiress to the uh, Folger coffee fortune. Right. And, um, you know, th- it, oh God, it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. And basically um, in the midst of this, they just break in. And I mean, look, no murders are pretty, but the, this, this crime scenes from this were, some of the most shocking I think that I've ever seen, including, you know, Sharon Tate having been slashed open. I mean, like pregnant woman slashed. It's horrible, 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 horrible. And the, uh, the LaBianca murders the next day are equally bad, but these were just like, well, that's who's there. Everybody wondered, you know, why, why did you, pick the LaBiancas, right? If you're trying to send a message, these people own a grocery store chain. Like, what's their relationship to this? Well, um, there was a uh, music producer who snubbed Manson, okay? Yeah. Manson did his, uh, yeah, he did his whole, like, um, 
whatever audition for him and the guy was like yeah you're not anything fucking special um <clears throat> excuse me and um yeah and so he actually had lived there until very very recently when the labiancas moved in and so when he sent them there it was to retaliate against this guy um so again two manson it wasn't quite as random but the fact that they're just like these teens and young adults going and just murdering the shit out of people um in the most gory violent way possible is kind of the the whole idea behind um strangers and there's another one that's attributed but i'm not entirely sure how accurate it is um it is as yet unsolved um but this is wait can i guess just because i think i have it in front of me (laughs) go for it the keddie cabin murders you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm only saying that because I'm reading. That's not because I knew, but still, I well, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. So, well, people attribute it to that, and I I don't know about the veracity of that, but it makes sense. Um, there, this family was staying at a cabin. Uh, they had kids. One of their kids was, I think, sleeping at somebody else's house. They had friends who were staying over, little kiddos, and um, someone. Uh, in the middle of the night, basically went in and killed um, everybody. But I think one of the daughters and her friend who were over for a sleepover, and then there another daughter was missing and then found later on, like her body dumped on the side of the road hmm. somewhere. So um, am I, am I on, on that? Because I, it's been I, a while since I've looked at that. But... I didn't pull up the details of it. So I, I don't know if you want oh, me okay. to, I can, but yeah, no, it's fine. I, it's, it's, fairly close along those lines like i said i haven't done a deep dive into it i don't deal typically with unsolved unless i'm doing profiling work which i keep to patreon so um yeah but it's it's a very just similar situation like we're not sure why this happened we're not sure why certain people were killed and why certain ones were left alive it just seems completely nonsensical and until we find out who did it if we find out who did it then there's no telling really i mean the director also said that when he was younger, he had heard of people knocking in his, on doors in his neighborhood and to see if anybody was home. And mm-hmm. then if they weren't home, they would break in and rob the place. Mm-hmm. And he, so he got, and that actually happened to his house where he opened the door and someone said, is so-and-so there? And he's like, no. And then like uh, down the block, their bunch of houses got broken into and shit. And he also did say it was that in Halloween. He said, if, if I could combine two of the most traumatic things of my life, it would be seeing Halloween, not trauma like you, CJ, where it was just traumatic, you know, that you were forced to watch that movie. Yeah. But just, you know, <laughs> that because that was the height of scary, I'm sure, when he was a kid. Was mm. You know, it's funny, Rico, and it's so odd because I'm reading, I'm reading something here, and it, I don't know how this happened. So I was... When you were giving the synopsis of the movie, it immediately made me think of a completely different movie that it took me basically most of this, com- this part of the conversation to find. And it's odd because the conversation, the the one I'm thinking of, isn't even close to the same story. But for whatever reason, it kept making me think of Stir of Echoes, which is a movie I've seen. It's Kevin. So it, it's more of a ghost story ish thriller horror film. It's a man is hypnotized at a party by his sister in law and then soon has visions of a dreams of a ghost girl. Um, and it almost breaks him mentally um, to figure out how she died because she like died mysteriously on the property. 
and it's it's that kind of thing. Like, and I remember there's a scene, and I don't know why this made me think of the scene where he like his family goes to like a birthday party, and he stays home to dig up his backyard to try to find her body. Huh. So a comedy. Yeah, you know. So, um, <laughs> but it Sounds I don't know like why. A lighthearted romp. Yeah, you know, good old good old rom com. Um, mm-hmm. but it it just I don't know why, but it made me think of that for some reason. It's it's a really creepy movie, Ricky, but it's not because I know you're not big on like supernatural movies, like they creep you out a little bit. This is not that. You know what I mean? Um, I I just my whole thing is that there's a lot of bad ghost movies. There yeah. are some good ones that admittedly kind of came out more recently than not. I think yeah. mm-hmm. there's a new wave of ghosty shit like Insidious actually fucking, well, at least the first half of Insidious mm. legit was scary mm-hmm. and and creepy and the right amount of changing what you expect to happen to something different. Like, mm-hmm. okay, the house is haunted. The first thing they do is move. That's smart as shit. Yeah. You never see that. And I'm like, I want to know how they could afford that, how he can afford that as a school teacher and, and how she's like just writing music at home. Like how the fuck can they afford separate, like to move really quickly within a month? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the most fictional part of that fucking movie. But you well, Okay. So that's, that's like, I don't I don't know if you guys are into home renovation or anything, but I like HGTV a lot. And um, I can't handle watching House Hunters uh, because these people are like, hi, so I'm a social worker and my husband uh, makes, I don't know, springs for a toy that's big in Malaysia. We have a budget of three point eight million dollars to yep. find our home, and you're like, "What the? F- where the fuck do you live?" Yeah, like, yeah. I've I've, I I've watched e- I've watched episodes, Ariel. I know what you're talking about. I I've always wondered that myself. Um, we have a budget of three point eight million dollars. All right, so get four houses. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, like, but yeah, like, bitch, I live in a trash can. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you. You know I'm not a big horror or type of movie person, and I actually really enjoyed this movie. So I do, and it's more about Hunters. No, Stir of Echoes, the one I was talking about. Oh, House Hunters sounds terrifying. It is a little terrifying. Um, The worst, but the people on it are the worst. I don't know how they cast this shit, but they're terrible. Terrible, terrible people. Because the real people, real people are awful. (laughs) So. Anyway, I I think you might like it, Rico. But anyway, if you want to check it out, go for that. But oh, I like the title. The title's really good. It's and and it's really you, you remember how you were telling me what you liked about Joker was watching the 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 trip down the the insanity with with the Joker character. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what happens with Kevin Bacon's character. He he, you see him like get pressed to the to the brink of insanity before he figures out uh, what's going on. So so it's a one degree kind of movie yeah it's a one degree movie so yeah. all right anyway um i'll leave so, you guys back to the strangers unless there's not more to that not really That's a real quick I'll, one. I'll tell you this much cj uh the guy plays michael corvinus in the underworld movies yeah it's speedman i know who he is yeah yeah he he stopped doing the underworld movies but he did this instead i'm like so that's where michael went while like in uh Celine was on ice. He should have stuck with Celine. Anyway, that's that's a whole different discussion. 
So, <laughs> which we are doing later yeah. this year. So, okay. And, so, all right. Got a couple of we I have two more for you guys. Um, do we want to go like wackadoo old school? You're gonna go what the fuck, or do we want to go like fairly obvious true crime? Let's get the fairly well, okay. obvious out of the way. I think save the wackadoo yeah, we'll, for next. Let's, let's, sure. yeah, let's, 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 sure. let's, let's save the Scots for the end. Let's <laughs> do it. Um, so the very uh, this one, um, uh, I talk for a living. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> CJ has said that more than a couple times. Yes, like, I have. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I could do this. I'm a podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently not. Actually, I think yeah. I said that to you earlier today, Ariel. Come yeah, to think of it. Actually, uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. So, yep. Um, so let's talk Amityville. Amityville horror. Amityville. Uh, um, so, I'm just glad I'm not the only one that fucks up things on this on this show. No, no, it's uh, I I think I've God about half of what I've done on your show has been fucking up. I'm pretty sure. Awesome. I'm not. I'm not talking about true crime facts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the difference is one of you has a migraine, so that's a good excuse. Uh, fair. I mean, look, I'm fine. I'll um, live. you are are you? Doing the 1979 one, the original? It doesn't matter, actually. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's more this the franchise. I got you. Go ahead. So there is a little house, a real house in Amityville. It's a house in <laughs> Yeah, it's a spooky looking fucking house. And that's what you're going to see in the movie is like a house designed to look like this house. So... Right. It looks like it has a face, and it's evil. Well, fun fact, the uh, the movie is based on the account of, um, oh God, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren, yeah. They were, uh, are, were, definitely were, paranormal investigators. Mm-hmm. And um, this family basically claimed everything that you see in the movie, okay? Uh, was happening in their house like all these really bizarre things things moving on their own and you know all of that creepy creepy stuff right that's not the part that i found interesting the part that i found interesting is that before that before this family moved into this house it was occupied by a family whose name were the defeos okay and ronald defeo uh one evening Basically, uh, slaughtered his entire family in their sleep yep. in this house and then went to the bar and hung out and, uh, As you do, yeah, you know, right. Like you do. So he then tried to claim that his sister had done this murder suicide deal. He tried to frame her. Um, and of course it was absolutely impossible for her to have committed this crime because of, you know, where, for instance, her, the gun was and all this, but it's a really, really bizarre situation because everyone in this house was found in bed face down and shot and there were no signs of struggle from anybody. So if you're going through room by room, who am I? 
Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Person by person with a rifle in the middle of the night. How did nobody wake up? Mm-hmm. How did nobody, you know, so it's just a really, really eerie situation. I'm sorry, CJ, am I boring you? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Joking. Um... I just saw you yawn. Now, um, no, I just think that that in and of itself is really eerie. You know, like how do you how do you take out an entire family uh, by gunshot and nobody nobody wakes up? I mean, my first thought would be some form of paralytic or poison. You know, but I mean, it's possible they they would have to, of course, exhume bodies at this point to find out if sure. they're degraded. But I sure. I think it's it's likely that he may have drugged them, or he may have knocked them out silently mm. with a rifle or something, the butt of the rifle, mm. but not hard enough to crack their skull and 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 have that be an obvious thing. Right. I I think I don't know. I know ghosts weren't a part of it. Because ghosts right. don't shoot people. Right. Um, yeah. But I definitely do see why there's an evil connotation surrounding the house. And the murders were really creepy. Now, just because we don't understand how it happened doesn't mean that there's not a logical explanation. Right. We just don't know it. So, right. Um, you know, and I'm, I, I think we've talked about the fact that, like, I'm, I'm the biggest, like, spoil sport when it comes to paranormal and ghosty shit. Like, no, I am too. So I don't. I don't company. believe it. Boo! So. As we said, said earlier, as are we you said trying it, to be a ghost? Uh, I walked into <laughs> that one. Look, if you want to be a ghost, I believe in you. You'd be the first one that I would know. You can be anything you want to be. All right, Casper. Right, let's get this goddamn good time over with. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. So, all right, so. The last one I have. No, 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 no. I, I still have more to add on to Ooh, the Warrens. So please, please the Warren. I mean, I'd like to point out that the Warrens are just some of the best storytellers because mm. the the Conjuring, Annabelle, those are what their shit's based on. Yep. CJ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, and, I'm looking at that. And I gotta admit, they're really decent movies. Maybe not fucking Annabelle because just just. Look, I already lived through a creepy doll, and mine was the OG, so I'm good. Like, yeah. I, and also, you know, I will say this. The original Annabelle, the real-life Annabelle, is just a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. Which, but it's that's, that's still scary. Like, that's kind of, I've always been having kind of little well, listen, like, I, uneasy I, about Raggedy I'll Ann say, and Andy. I'll say this. Of the other movies we've discussed up to this point, the one that creeped me the fuck out the most 
was not necessarily the movie, but the discussion of Robert the Doll. That thing's fucking creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, look, dolls are creepy. Small soldiers fucking creeped me out, dude. Um, dude I could see that. If there's a reason though that we have issues with, for instance. AI and like the Turing test, nobody's ever passed that. That we that we have an aversion to clowns, dolls, all of that. It's the uncanny valley, right? Yeah, yeah. You look at things and it's like they are supposed to suggest they're human, but we know something's off, you know, and uh, it's disturbing on like a a very base level, a survival mechanism of human beings. So, Rico, I would just uh, uh, believe me, the last thing I'm doing, um, I'm. I'm not what? really. I'm not really arguing. You know, I'm trying to phrase my words right. I'm not. I'm not really arguing against your 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 facts here. But I'm looking at a according to Wikipedia, a list of films based on Amityville, the 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 actual true Amityville story. And you were talking about Annabelle. And none of them are on here. The only one on here that you mentioned outside of the Amityville movies is The Conjuring Two. Now, again, I'm not. Arguing but they're not you. based on Amityville. They're based on stories of Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's okay. all I'm saying. Ah, okay, yeah, no, because yeah. they didn't—they didn't just make up one story. They made up a bunch of other shit. Gotcha. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. but so maybe I misunderstood something. But because it says here, The Conjuring Two specifically comes from the Amityville story. Sort so. of. It's more no, prominently hold- set in England. It says part uh, the Amityville haunting is depicted in the first scenes, while the rest of the film deals with the uh, the Enfield case, which probably means yeah. something more to Ariel than anybody. But you see, like if if anything, it's like fifteen minutes. It's it's more probably shown in England. I will say this: out of all the Warren shit that I've seen of of their real footage, the house in England, I can't remember the fucking family. The shit that I saw, that was that for for one brief minute, I was like. That shit may be real. I it, I I'm I'm a big skeptic, but I was like, that's some eerie ass shit because <laughs> it shows a part where she, the, it's a girl being possessed by an old dude, mm-hmm. allegedly. <clears throat> and when they're interviewing her, and Wani's like, "Can we talk to the old fuck?" And and you know, who's possessed <laughs> you? The old fuck, yeah. The old the old fuck. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, and that's, it's and, George, and they, they phrased it that George way, Trump. and that's why it flipped out and killed them so you know right. it's george carlin he's just like oh, i'm an old fuck let me tell you what's going on here <laughs> um i would love to be possessed by george carlin i might actually be funny um yeah yeah that would be true at least he'd finally get some humor um yeah uh but there's a part where this young 11 year old girl puts water in her mouth mm-hmm. and basically does the ultimate like ventriloquist act where She's got water in her mouth, and they can. The audio is of an old raspy British man, like like a fucking just like, just an old British truck. Yeah. And then they he goes back to her. She spits the water out and says, "What happened?" Like, bitch, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean. I saw the movie. I'm like, this is creepy as fuck. And then I saw the footage and heard the recordings and I'm like, okay, for once for a second, I, I think that's, that could be legit. And then I, and then I thought about, it, I'm like, nah, someone just fucking, <laughs> someone just took a mic and just imitated like, you know, 
like an angry Michael Caine, and then they just said, "Oh my God, it's a ghost!" Like, no, dude. No. Yeah, no. I mean, it's all—it's all way too easy to explain away when you you break it down. So, but anyhow, I mean, they are great storytellers, and boy, they've made a fortune off of that. Well, I think they're both dead now. Ed, are, Ed, I believe Ed Ed died first, but I think Lorraine just died like a year ago. Hmm. You may be right. So, yeah, I don't know right off. Uh, let's see. You said who wrote these? Ed and Lorraine Warren. Wrote the Amityville movies? No, they didn't write the Amityville. They, they were they, the paranormal investigators. Ah, okay. They're the, the they're, they're based on. They're, yeah, they're the OG ghost hunters. Could and and you and I'm sorry because I'm juggling trying to find all this data while we're talking. Ariel, did you mention Ronald DeFeo? Yep. Yes. Okay. Sorry. All right. Moving so, <laughs> I, as for Amityville, I also heard that someone admitted that, like, oh, Amityville was, like, written out over many bottles of wine. Mm-hmm. Like, someone came forward and was like, oh, dude, of course we wrote that shit. We got <laughs> drunk as fuck and said, what's the creepiest shit you can come up with? That's good. Did, right, right, right. Good. Let's make a movie and let's fucking do this shit. <laughs> and we were all suckered because we were like, oh, it's the 70s. And, of course, it's it's... <laughs> Of course. Look, the 70s is the Florida of decades, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. You know, it's funny. I've been looking for a title for this episode, and I think we just found it. The 70s, the Florida of the decades. Although, if I'm going to be honest, 2020 may be the year of of, of the of the Florida. Of the, the, I don't know how to phrase it. The Florida of the years. Florida, the Florida of the years, something. yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, who the fuck knows? <laughs> I thought 2020 was supposed to bring good vision. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, we're realizing that a lot of uh, what we perceive as reality is fucked up. So... I just think there's All a right. giant glitch in the matrix. Anyway, I'm just I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I have money on the next weird fucking thing that's going to come. I think August is going to bring sodomy geese. Sodomy geese. Yep. Yeah, it's going to happen, bro. We've had cocaine pigs. We've had uh, I missed the cocaine pigs. Hornets. We've had <laughs> butt fucking goslings. The, yeah. And not the and Ryan look, variety. Look, you think uh, that it's know. too might... weird for 2020? Look, I am more <laughs> astounded how the fact that, like, I think the government admitted that there was, like, aliens and no one gave a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was I was a little, a little dodgy about this year, even before, like, the whole shutdown of everything. Just when I found out that it was like, oh, wild fl- wildfires in Chernobyl. And I was like, oh, great. That's perfect. Yeah, that they, was good, they too. Literally, they're fucking apes broke out of a lab and stole COVID like test tubes and everything and just ran off. And I'm like, these fuckers saw rise of the planet of the apes. And were like, they're taking notes and shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and now I've heard like scientists are actually like, we can make it, we can make a dinosaur. I'm like, did you fuckers see the movie? (laughs) What are you doing? You, you, You were so, uh, uh, what is the line? They get Jeff Goldblum that so uh, uh, life uh, uh, uh finds a way. Well, not that one though. Oh. The other one where he's you're, like you're 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 like a, a little kid who found his father's gun. You got so caught up, basically. I can't remember the first part in figuring out if you could that you didn't stop to think about whether you should. 
Is that the first one or the second one? That's the first one. The first. Right. No, I'm looking up quotes to get the exact line for you. That's why I asked. Uh, uh, uh I, uh, what, well, ah. <laughs> and, there's, <laughs> and there's running and, uh, uh, screaming and wow. <laughs> you gotta remember Mark did a pretty good, uh, pretty good gold bloom. Do you remember that? Yeah, Rico? I, yeah I do. Yeah. Hey, so. since we're talking, since we're talking gold bloom, um, and yeah. I, I absolutely love him. Uh, you guys know as movie buffs what his very first cameo was. First, first cameo? cameo? Yeah, his break in Hollywood. Earth Girls Are Easy? Nope. What? He was in Annie Hall. Oh. He's uh he's on the phone at, at the party of Paul Simons. That's... And uh he's you see him in the foreground just as it's passing by and, and Jeff just goes, Yeah, uh, I forgot my mantra. <laughs> That's the entire entirety of his role in that movie. He was excellent in The Fly, but oh, I was I never I was never a massive Goldblum fan. I, I like watching Jurassic Park. I was like, I I think Alan Grant is cool. Like that, I was that kid where I'm like, I like Sam Neill. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. I'm here for everything he does, and he has a show now on I think it's on Disney Go. That's the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Right. And he just like delves into all these different topics. And I'm like, I, he is the most like manic pixie dream girl dude I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because he's like, he's so fucking quirky. I don't know. It's, I I, just to, to clarify very quickly, it's, yeah, you're right, Ariel. It's on Disney Plus, but it's a Nat Geo show. It's, 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 oh. actually, yeah, technically Nat Geo because Disney owns them too because they own everything. So go ahead. Hey. Yeah, no, that did just that's where I've watched it. And my my daughter's obsessed with him now too. She thinks he's hilarious. He is so. hilarious for all the wrong and right reasons. He's... You need to show her Thor Ragnarok if she has not already seen it. Oh, she sees we we watch all of those movies. Okay. Cause in oh, sparkles. Oh. <laughs> I I, I love my two favorite Jeff Goldblum roles, and I'm not discrediting any of the other ones, are that and the first Independence Day. Those are my two favorite mm. Jeff Goldblum roles. So mm-hmm. You know what makes Independence Day for me is Harvey Fierstein. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. Hard agree. <laughs> oh. Damn. Oh my goodness. Why did I just send my mother to her sisters? <laughs> what, what's the line he says about his lawyer or something? He's like, he's like, ah, screw, fuck my lawyer. Yeah, something like that. I forget. <laughs> it's pretty funny though. Uh, but his voice is perfect for like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, you look like a mother. I can't. I can't find the line. I'm not arguing against the, uh, the line, fine. but we, I can't we, find it. This is just an intermission to talk about some really awful shit because the last, as far as I know, the last thing we're talking about is the hills have eyes, correct? No, That's didn't you right. want to talk about... Uh, our- Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I've never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. El Todos Hablamos McDonald's Deal. Porque cuando están decidiendo qué ordenar y la tía Carmen te dice... McNugget, mijo, y una de las hamburguesas con esa salsita, ¿sabes? Ya tú sabes que eso significa una Big Mac. 
Y lo sabes porque tú también amas esa salsita. Hay un meal para cada cena familiar en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el app de McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular. DJ's movie, too. We wanted to go Oh, there. yeah, yeah. We'll... So. Okay. We, uh, you know... Ariel, it's up to you. Uh, should we lead in with Zodiac or lead in with... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm ready. I'll and I actually, lead. believe it or not, the the mute on this episode has two, two quasi-true crime things that I want to bring up, or at least real-life inspired. So they may, ah. not, they may not spawn very long conversation, but I... I at least want to contribute to my own fucking podcast. So, well, we can we can do Zodiac because you've actually seen Zodiac. I so have seen Zodiac, and I I mean it's been a minute now. I mean it's a, you and I have been doing this two years, and I think I watched it in the first six months we did it. So it's been a little while since I've seen it again. But yeah, I do remember enough of it. So okay, um, I'm not doing the, the leading, so motherfucker, you better. <laughs> okay, so Zodiac, uh. <clears throat> one of the few cases where it was never really solved. It's still not we, solved, I think, technically. It's but, still not technically. Mm-hmm. But it's still like it's kind of like we know who did it. It's it's like we're ninety percent sure it was Arthur Lee Allen. Mm-hmm. Ah, look at her! I like it. Okay, I'm ninety percent sure. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, say so. I mean, I look. I saw the movie. That's what it said. Sure, that's what the movie says. Okay, that's so not what, what you real say? life says. Well, uh, <clears throat> there's too much that disproves he had anything to do with it, including blood and prints not matching any of the crime scenes. So, there's that. Booyah! Do you think? Do you know? Do you think the theory <laughs> is that multiple people? Nope. I think that's rubbish, and the police have never followed through with that, and they have more information than they've released to the public, so I'm guessing if they're going with it's one person, then it's probably one person. And who Um, is that one person? Well, I actually do have a theory, and um, I'm going to... You know what? While we're we're chatting about this, I'm actually going to find a picture uh, that I'm going to send to you both, okay? Uh, so you can take a look at it. And uh, it's the picture of the guy that I think did it. So there was, uh, there's the canonical. Um, there's, while you're looking up real quick, uh, uh, Aaron, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want to touch with, um, it appears there are four, no, three, three people that could potentially, no, four total, I'm sorry, including your thing about Arthur Lee Allen, Rico, but... There's also mm-hmm. Jack Terrence, Richard Guy, Richard Gakowski. I might be saying that wrong. Um, George Hodel and George, there's no fucking way George Hodel did it. That's uh, no. I'm just bullshit. I'm I'm just reading the the things here, Ariel. I'm not necessarily a thing that, that that's it. Um, actually, there's more. I didn't. Christ, there's a lot of people. There's there's there, a good list of people. To, there's there's up to about. 35 potential suspects. Um, but frankly, again, uh, if you ask me, I think there's one that makes sense. But yeah, there are the canonical murders, and I'll go through those real quick. Um, just, just 
a sack. So you mean to tell me Jake Gyllenhaal is full of shit? Uh, in his role, yeah. <laughs> in his role. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> just to guide you guys through, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna text you real quick. Okay. Oh, on our phones or in the chat? Uh, ooh, either way. I don't know. Can I send a picture through the chat? You should be able. To yes. Send. Okay. Um. Uh. Got to figure out how to. Got to figure out how to do it. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. I can't. Yes. It's not no. letting me. Okay. Well then, just I'll just text it then. Yes. Um. Okay. Give me just a sec. It's down. Stuff. Okay. So I'm the first one. I'm sending you is the uh the zodiac sketch. Okay. I've seen this. Yeah, I actually have this pulled yeah. up on the screen right now. I could put this in the chat Perfect. if you want, but this is the guy that I think is guilty. Sending now. There we go. It's coming. Yep, I see it. I my phone. It. I, I had restarted my phone, but for some reason it was like still doing Android is starting. I'm like, bullshit, we've been doing this for an hour, so <laughs> Yeah, second so picture. He's gotten it. Oh, Oh shit! That yeah okay. So the, the glasses are the glasses are a little bit different. Ariel, I'm not nitpicking. I'm just saying. But if I'm putting this side by side, I'd say the glasses are a little bit different. Uh, that is like the detail that could be thrown out. No, no, you I'm can, just. I'm, you can I'm, change I'm, your glasses. No, I, I'm aware <laughs> of this fact. I'm just saying, like that. If if I was. If I was going to say anything, that's the only, like... And maybe the hair is slightly different, but that... Because to me, to me the, the sketch to me always looked like more like a um, a military-style cut. As opposed well, to what this guy seems to have. That's the thing, is that the picture that you're looking at of the actual person was taken years before this sketch was drawn up. Fair, fair. Okay. Not a ton of years, but about... But an, enough. I hear you. Yeah. I think it was like two years prior. But anyway... Um, so basically the, the Zodiac had, um, four that are considered canonical, like crime scenes. There was David Arthur Faraday, who was 17 and Betty Lou Jensen, who was 16 and they were shot and killed on Lake Herman road, um, within the city limits of Benicia. There's Michael McDowell. And Darlene Farron, uh, Michael was 19, Darlene was 22. They were shot on July 4th mm-hmm. um, in a parking lot, basically, in Vallejo. Uh, and Majot survived the attack. And he was one of the first people who was able to give some information. But a lot of, uh, um, unfortunately, a lot of his description and stuff, like, he pointed somebody out in the lineup. But it was like a decade later and he also had was really struggling with alcohol addiction mm-hmm. and asked to talk about something that happened <laughs> no actually it was 20 years later so i mean we're talking like not a great deal there but um then we have let's see brian calvin hartnell and C- cecilia and shepherd were both stabbed to death by the lake lake, lake Berryessa in napa county yeah in 1969 Hartnell survived stab wounds to the back, but um, Cecilia Ann Shepard did die of her injuries two days later. And then Paul Lee Stein was shot and killed on October 11th. He was the cabbie 
Right. So while this does seem all really like random, um, it's and and they come up with this whole like lover's lane thing, but there's really no uh nothing that suggests that to me coming from what i'm you know the the view that i'm coming at but there was a an attack in um and this is why i sent you the picture that i did this guy that i sent the picture of basically was working in a library um at uc riverside okay and um he was a student there and there was a, a woman, another student, um, lovely, lovely girl. Her name was Sherry Jo Bates. And she was found stabbed to death outside of the library. And there were boot prints that were very similar in style to the kind that her coworker wore. And um, right, uh, like, uh, the day after she was murdered... He was absent from work for a couple days, and then he always wore the same thing, kind of military style, um, like boots and jacket and all this stuff. And when he came back, he was wearing completely different clothes. And um, so there's been <clears throat> some speculation that he was the one who killed her. Well, you want to take it a step further. He wrote a letter to the newspaper about his thoughts on the death the murder, uh, using double postage, which the Zodiac always did on Mm. his letters. He also wrote to police about it. And there was a place in the library they found where he had written poetry on the underneath of a desk that had, it was um, multiple handwriting experts matched to the Zodiac's handwriting. Okay. In addition, he was in school for cryptography Hmm. that's what he was studying so my money is on this dude that i sent you the picture of and his name's ross sullivan so that is definitely compelling (laughs) just saying (laughs) meanwhile my money was like oh it's got to be the charles fleischer character it's got to be roger rabbit you know in in (laughs) uh in that creepy as fuck scene with jake gyllenhaal (laughs) Did you know that? No. Do you remember? You've seen the movie, yeah? Yeah. That part where Jake Gyllenhaal goes to someone's house, and then, like, they go, he's like, not many people have, like, basements in California. He's like, I do. So the guy who plays the creepy old dude, or older dude, mm-hmm. is the guy who played Roger Rabbit. Oh, my God. That's, Please! That's fucking weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So if you were to be like, and that motherfucker was in, I'm like, oh my god, Roger Rabbit. So, <laughs> of of all the ones we've talked about up to this point, you know, this is the only unsolved of the ones we've we've talked about. I'm pretty certain. Mm-hmm. Um, you do you, do you, despite you thinking it's is this gentleman, which you make a compelling argument for. So I can't even. I'm kind of with Rico. It's. It's very compelling. Do you think it will be ever solved as a whole? Um, well, and that's also based on your expertise in the field, so, you know. Well, you know, what we what everybody was kind of hoping for is what happened with the Golden State Killer that they'd be able to use like genetic genealogy yeah. and say like, okay, we can find 
somebody whose DNA is familial and then connect the dots and find the person. Is that the one but, Michelle McNamara did? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, there's just not confirmed. I mean, like the DNA samples they have from Zodiac are so degraded at this point in time that even to test them would be destroy the sample. And, so I mean, it's like. And right. if your and if your theory is right, which I'm again not disputing. He died in 1977 at the age of 36 with, as I can tell, no extent, no family. So no, no, right. like kids or wife well, or whatever. So and that's that's a weird thing, too. Um, and one of the reasons that I think he's also compelling is that um, after his time at UC Riverside, he basically disappeared off the map. Nobody knows where he was for years until his death. How they find out his what, what, where, and when did he die? Like he died of a heart attack when he was thirty-six years old in nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah, according to this, his coworker said he was bragging that he was going to go to Patton State Mental Hospital. That's a weird thing to brag about. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I mean, look, if I'm right, that's not the weirdest thing about him. No, no, it's not. <laughs> At least but, according I mean, to what I'm reading. But I'm, but if he's like, I'm, he's bragging, to, I'm going to get into this hospital. It's like, are, is it not exclusive? Like, are you, <laughs> like, did you win a raffle to get into? Like, I got in and you didn't. Okay. Well, and you, he, you enjoy. Here's the other thing that I'll, I'll, I don't, I don't think you brought this up, Ariel, with all the amazing information and data you brought to the table here. It says mm-hmm. that he also wrote an essay on how to disguise handwriting. So I didn't bring that up, but yeah. All right. Well, he okay. <laughs> I mean, he fits the bill for me. So it, it, you it, could... it's compelling, like you, like Rico said. Yeah. Oh, I also mean... he had he had also asked about Sherry Joe Bates, but he was also he was kind of a loner, and um, she <clears throat> turned him down, and then she ended up murdered like two days later. Mm. So I ju- I mean I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> really. Yeah, you know. Just just subtly just, throwing it out there. Just something to chew on, you know. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> um, that's actually one of the things they bring up, Ariel, in this thing I'm looking at. It says that the only the only victim he's linked closely to is her. It's not to say that that excludes him from the others, but the only one he's mm. closely linked to is her. The first one was more of a crime of passion kind of situation. So, and that's usually how I mean. And again, that goes back to to Ariel and her research. But the little bit I know about serial killers is that generally is how they, not always, but it it tends to start with a it either start or their spree ends or starts with a passion killing. At least from the little bit I know, it's like mm-hmm. an ex it's like an ex lover or a mother or type of situation. Yeah, like, oh, I, lots of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean I gotta tell you I've been I just. I've been I'm been rewatching Dexter. Just mm-hmm. pure coincidence that we're well. Like, we talked doing about this. it earlier, so you know. I know, but like I, Steph and I were like, let's rewatch Dexter. And blah, yeah, blah, blah. let's and, watch serial killers. And we're at the part in the beginning where Sam Witwer, who CJ, you would know him. He plays Maul in the Clone Wars and Rebels, as well as he was uh, Star Killer in the Force Unleashed game. So Ray Park. No, you like said he does Maul. the voice. Yeah, he does the voice. Oh, 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 okay. Of of Maul, 
He also did the voice of Maul in Solo, whereas Ray Park actually was physically there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Sam Witwer plays a serial killer that like is mostly just wanting to get the attention. And so he he like he killed his mom and he's been like trying to hack up fucking hookers ever since. And it's just like not really going well. And he just wants to get the attention of because of like, you know, courtroom frenzy of him being a, you know, serial killer. They want he wants a movie made of him, yada, yada, yada. And I'm watching and I'm just like, it's always the mom. It's always first yeah. the fucking mom. Ew. I don't yeah. I mean it's that's pretty common. I kind of want to go back on a like a criminal mind binge now. <laughs> to right? be honest with you, yeah, um, that'll probably be next for me. But uh, I don't know the man. It's so weird, and not to go off on a tangent, but the Mandy Patankin seasons are awesome and yet odd. Because I think there's, yeah. there's, you know, so I I've never seen. I've never seen a single episode. I'm going to, but from what I've heard, Mandy Patankin was very unhappy with the writers. And he just like said, I just can't deal with this show mainly because it was like, I, it was affecting his psyche of just constantly having to fucking do work with about serial killers. He's like, it was fucking with his, his, his chi and shit. So yeah. he, he just basically like, he never confirmed whether he quit or was fired or it was just him being written out. And then Joe Montaigne joined in, replaced him basically. Yeah. And then, Two seasons before the show ended, they killed the character. Like, finally killed the character. Mm-hmm. So, there was no chance uh, of Mandy him... Patankins? Yeah. They never they never brought Manny Patankin back. They just right. did a story where they killed off that character. Because um, mm-hmm. Spencer flips the fuck out. Like, he does not he get, handle it well. Did he get killed by a six-finger man? No, it was it was someone that he had investigated previously, if I recall. They, they never had caught or whatever. So... Um, but yeah, so, but anyway, should we move on to our next movie? I know there's a, I believe, I believe Ariel said it was the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, we can talk the Hills Have Eyes. Because I think that's the last one on the list that you guys have, and then I have my two quasi-surprises. So yeah. I'll give the rundown of the movies, and yep. and Ariel can give the, I, I know where she's going to go. Yeah. But uh, it's another Wes Craven. Do you classic. really? Do you know? I do. I do. Oh, he knows. He already okay. made an allusion to it. Oh, I was just. Yeah. It was dramatic. What I, it was what, going what for I call, effect. What I what I call him the Scottish fox or something? Uh, I think you just said the Scots. Actually, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, he knows. Yeah, <laughs> I would honestly, I would fucking love to see a a straight up horror film about the clan, whatever the the whatever. I I don't I'll, remember the name. I'll get into it. Okay, um, so again, this is a franchise, not just the one particular movie. It's, it's a franchise, but really, it's just the first one, and and maybe more or less the remake that are really the most directly inspired. I, I guess you could say the first two. It's hard to it's hard to say because there have been like other movies that have been attributed to like The Hills Have Eyes Part Three, and you're like, no, it's not. It's not at all connected. It's, it's just some Italian movie. You're saying, oh no, it's just Jaws Seven. What happened to fucking five, six, and what the fuck? Like, oh, oh, this well, dude on the, the cover art I've seen a couple times. He's creepy as fuck. If that's if I if I think of who you're looking at, I think you're looking at uh, Michael Berryman. Uh, I don't know. It's bald dude. That's all I bald know. Bald dude, po- sort of pointed head. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, that's actually a condition he has. He has like no hair. And oh, uh, he actually alopecia. Has, 
I know what that's yeah. called. Yeah. But he also has no sweat glands. So when he's filming this role, he was like, they were out in the fucking Sahara and he like was constantly just like about to pass out in the really humid heat. Hmm. Because he just, so he did like constantly dump him, dunk water all over himself to cool down. So anyways, uh, family is going through like, I think it's the Nevada desert or something. And they're, and they, they get um, sidetracked and they're, sent across a side path that'll get them quicker gas station attendant basically says ah you want to go over there you need this is a this is a shortcut and they go down and of course it's not a shortcut it, it's it's a road specifically to trap people so that this inbred redneck mutant fucking family can torture rape murder steal rob eat like these the you know the the, the unfortunate passerbyers and I mean, I, 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 I do not say this often. The remake is pretty damn good. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't, you really don't say that often, <laughs> but I have got to get it credit. The remake is not scarier, but more high octane. But the, the, the original film with Wes Craven, uh, by Wes Craven, God, the dude was a fucking genius with his, with his films. Um, it's, it's so unexpected. It's absolutely when you are first watching, it, you're like, they're never going to do what they're alluding they're going to do. And then they do it like they kill a mother. And like, you're like, no one ever kills a mother who's got an infant, you know, and then they steal the infant. And you're just like, what the fucking fuck is this movie? I thought that was mm-hmm. raising Arizona. This is this <laughs> this is ending where is this is ending Arizona. Ah, okay. This is this is eating Arizona. <laughs> so obviously it's based on all right, Ariel, you're up. All right. Uh the Sawney Bean clan. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh this is basically um based in East Lothian, Scotland. Um and Sawney is not actually like part of the name uh this was an individual whose name was alexander bean and he was called sonny because it was kind of a a derogatory term for a scot and um Mm. the basically it was uh okay so there was this clan who lived in caves and would basically when passer by passersby came through they would descend upon them and kill them and um, cannibalize them. And uh, the parts of the body that they couldn't eat right away, they would brine and keep them in, like, contained so that they could eat them later on. When was this? Oh, right. 16th century. Yeah. That's kind of important. (laughs) Right. I mean... It, it would have been just as horrifying if this was in the fucking eighties. But oh, like yeah. the the fact that this was like they did, they were like hacking people to bits with fucking swords and shit. It's it yeah, it's real bad. So <laughs> it's just it's Braveheart, but like if you took Brave well, Brave the wrong year, obviously for Braveheart, but this sort of look of Braveheart, but with cannibalism is kind of what this fucking situation was. Right. Okay. So basically there was um this this guy he was okay so he's born in the 16th century um and he was not cut out for manual labor 
or he ran away with this woman named Black Agnes Douglas, who mm-hmm. was accused of being a witch. Mm-hmm. And um, so they would rob people. They would cannibalize. Um, they And they ended up living in what's called uh, the Benin Head, uh, which is a cave between Girvan and Ballantrae. Okay. My Scottish pronunciation is not great at the moment. I speak Gaelic, but for some reason, like reading Americanized things, I, I can't can't do it anyway so you speak they, gaelic i do scotch gaelic yeah why just i'm just <laughs> curious no no, no I'm, I'm just curious if it was like a familial thing like i want to know the language of my ancestors I, i'm just curious oh well um 54 of my blood according to 23 and me is irish um but the rest of me is basically scotch welsh english um and, you know, then a couple other things that make me kind of a Western European mutt. But, um, right. but yeah, I, I have, I, my grandmother is like one generation. She was first generation American mm-hmm. from Ireland. And, uh, and so, you know, she's been back, she's been there several times. And basically for her, um, I started learning how to sing Irish ballads in Gaelic. Oh, okay. So that's how I started with it. And then I was like, you know, I'd really like to be able to actually like understand what I'm singing. Um, and so then, yeah, I just started learning it. Okay. I, I, I was just curious. Uh, Ironically, yep. that's the same reason why I want to learn German so I can understand Rammstein, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's funny, though, because I was like, yeah, I could give you an example of me speaking Gaelic. And then I was like, the only phrase that's popping in my head at the moment is absolutely filthy. So maybe not. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the podcast. <laughs> yeah, where I do that right. On. That this is the show to do that. All right. If you, OK. OK. So anybody out there who speaks Gaelic, I apologize. There you go. Uh, what the fuck does it mean? You'll just have to go look it up or something, or I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> wow. What? You, you, you've been it's swearing. It's dirty talk. Yeah, but you've been swearing in English it's on here. dirty talk. What is it, suck my clit or something? Like what? Um, not exactly. It's a little tamer than that, but it's still dirty talk. So if I can say that in English, you could probably say it in English. I'm like, it's a good thing my lights are off. I'm blushing scarlet right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, it's a weird thing. All right. Anyway. Um, I'm trying, go I'm back. Not... Yeah, calm yourself down. Go back. Talk about cannibalism. That'll, yeah, that'll... Let's go back to cannibalism and, and things that have to do with sex that are not. Yeah, let's cheer you that. up. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So they basically lived in this um, cave undiscovered for like 25 years. And Sonny and Agnes produced eight sons, six daughters, 18 grandsons, and 14 granddaughters. Ew. And most of the grandchildren were products of incest between their children. Ew. Yep. Yep. So um, so not only are we talking about, you know, cannibals, we're also talking about incestuous cannibals. So the best how, kind. So how do you do do-do-do-do-do-do, but with bagpipes? How do you do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I do it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think you gave me a migraine. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, 
I'm totally joking. I I I try. I'm even on Google Translate, and I can't get this thing to work. So. Yeah, you're like, what? What is this phrase? And Google's like, no. <laughs> Actually, it it translated it, and I'm probably the problem is I'm probably I probably misheard her, so I'm probably typing in the wrong thing. Okay. So, but anyway, well, what is it? I want to hear. I want to hear what you. No, think because is. I'm afraid I typed the wrong thing, and it might even be worse than what it actually means. Well, that's okay. Um, yeah. I, I typed in. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J Man would do. Geico, fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Poke me your seed, because that's what I heard. Nope. No. Okay. What, what does that mean? I don't, it means poke me your seed, apparently, because that's what it translates from Scottish Gaelic to English. Fair what, enough. What it means, I have no idea, but that's what I heard. It poke me and poke me with your seed, like, put that sperm in me. That's what I took it as, but shit. <laughs> that's cute. Yes, that's adorable. Well, I am adorable. All right, so how, give me, give the pronunciation one more time so CJ can fucking... Like, what? do some Sherlocking on his own. Pokes me up, seed. Okay. Enunciate, you Scottish person. Oh, I'm speaking the clearest Scottish you will ever hear. I, I, All I, right! I feel like I still got the last two words. It's that first one that's throwing me. But, anyway. I'll, I'm writing it down for you. I'll send it. Oh, I'm no. making waffles, Shrek! <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, back to the cannibals. So the the inbreeding, in, inbreeding, in, inbreeding. Um, <laughs> does that come sliced? Does that come pre-sliced? Is that what? Does that come pre-sliced? Look, you tell me how to say bury more, and we'll fucking go. <laughs> Fuck you! You've never <laughs> fucked up saying something on this show. I have. I. I. You have uh, audio proof of it. I fucked up on uh, uh, Batman Alone. Yeah, I I totally didn't get any of that right. Oh, you got the text? I did. Okay. But yeah, I'm if saying if you if you're not comfortable saying it, CJ will be comfortable saying. Really, it. this well, is not bad. Right. Unless no, yeah, this is not bad at all. No, but it makes me blush. Ah, <laughs> all right. Hey, you know, hey, you know what it is. It's sweet, but it's weird for a woman to say to someone other than her husband or the person she's dating. I. That's what I think is making her uncomfortable. Okay. Well, right, CJ, say it to me very seriously. And I'll, uh, let's let's make this funny. <laughs> Kiss me all over. <laughs> that I am bright red right now. No, you're not. Well, maybe yes, a little. I am. 
Why? But why? Ah! There's blue. The blue meanie. It's because it's because she's Scottish. That's why she's red all over. I thought it was because she was a newspaper. Wow! I, I look like I actually offended her. No, <laughs> I, I I think it would take a lot more than that. I don't know. She said kiss me all over was made her blush. It does. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> CJ, yes. I will I will never kiss you all over. Thank you. I'll just aim for the lips. It's bad yeah. It's bad enough you want to cuddle. <laughs> Guys are ridiculous. He said that to me. He said the first time we meet we're gonna cuddle. I wow. mean, if COVID wasn't happening, it probably would happen. I probably wouldn't, though. Sorry. I was to meet you. That's okay. I think your husband and my girlfriend would have issue with that. I just meant, like, if we all met, like, I wouldn't be a part of that. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I think it's a little, I think it's a little different. If, 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 if CJ and I cuddled, I think our respective girlfriends would be like, you guys are just fucking weird. Like, just, just, yeah. just, just fuck already. And get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like can't that. speak. I can't speak for Steph, but I'm pretty certain Debbie would say that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I'd be for like, sure. I'd be like, CJ, let's go hang out in the hot tub, and Steph would be like, oh, I will. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> just that's make, just making jokes like yeah. that. Yeah, yes, she would. That's yeah. true. That's true. I don't. I really don't know where to go more well, from this. Is it well? I've got a little bit on the hills have eyes that I could just from my my research, my my stuff that I. Um, because I do find it interesting that according to this, it is one of the primary reasons we got a lot of some of these other movies we've talked about tonight. Um, uh, let's see. Da, da, da. John Kenneth Muir writes that The Hills Have Eyes was a, was seen as a turning point in the horror genre and inspired humorous visceral films that were accomplished on a technical level, including Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Prom Night. So. Yeah. Some of these movies that you guys have been talking about over the course of this conversation tonight would not exist if it weren't for The Hills Have Eyes. So, mm -hmm. there you go. None of them would exist if it wasn't for The Last House on the Left, which I still think is more terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, Ariel, you'll have to correct me. I don't think it's based on anything specific. It's not based on a murderer. It's not based on anything it's just Wes Craven's fucked up imagination. Yeah, no, I'm not aware of anything that it's based on. Um, but it, it totally reads like it would be. That's what's oh, really Oh, for sure. Yeah. I um, mean, I think that with a lot of horror films, though, you can make connections to things. Sure. Whether or not they were actually based on something. Um, mm -hmm. We have fears as human beings that are all pretty universal. I mean, it's the reason that we have things like... Um, you know, in Alien, right? We've got the the shape of the mouth of the, you know, the, what are they called? Face huggers, you know? I mean, like the... The dicks? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's there's a fear there, you know what I mean? Like, people don't like the idea of rape. So, yeah. even if that's not, like, an, a direct, like, oh, this is based on fucking Richard Ramirez, right? right. You can still look to that particular... Uh, or that particular theme and that particular person did these things and that's terrifying right? right so i mean i just yeah i think that there are lots of themes that can come from true crime that are not necessarily based on a specific thing it's just fucked up imagination I mean, absolutely cj um, last house on the left is 
not not only is the story fucked up, but the, the footage, the apart from the bumbling cops whole thing, it's yeah. the the graininess of the film. It mm. looks ultra seventies mm. and like it just looks super low budget film quality, which makes it creepier. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's it's about these these criminal rapists, like sort of like a Manson family type of like mm-hmm. four family members kidnap these two teenage girls rape and murder them and like they're literally around the corner from one of the girls' houses Oof. like she, she realizes that she's like a hundred yards away from her house Oof, that's and crazy. she still gets raped and murdered anyways and dumped in the lake and the family goes seeking shelter so they go to the nearest house which is the one of the girls' house and they've you know at the same time they're like letting these this fucked up family stay in their house and have dinner they're kind of slowly realizing that their daughter not only is missing but these fuckers murdered their daughter so then the family takes revenge on the murderers and it's glorious but well i mean mean, it's creepy but yeah yeah there there was one guy who was actually played by like an actual porn star in the 70s he plays sort of the the lecherous, suave rapist of the of the group, and the mother of of the of the parents <laughs> seduces him, convinces him to let her handcuff his hands behind, starts filleting him, and then bites his junk ow! off. Hell yeah! That, and, I mean, as she should have, but ow! As she should have. Every guy who watches is like, "Good for you," and then. Ah, exactly. Their legs at the same um, time, like it's the equivalent of like hearing Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, there's before. a there's a guy that uh, in the true crime world actually who made the he worked with a a female and I can't remember his name, but the female partner was Carol Bundy, and they just fucking killed people all over the place. And uh, one one such incident there was. A guy, the guy was with a sex worker and she was filleting him. And um, he decided at that point in time he was going to shoot her in the head. Why you do that, I don't know. But as a uh, an involuntary reaction, <sighs> she chomped down and he couldn't get, <laughs> couldn't get it off. Uh, I in in more she, ways than one, he, yeah, he couldn't, couldn't yeah, get no, off. Yeah. I mean, I think his dick was almost entirely for show at that point and Ugh. not a pretty one so um yeah he it didn't he didn't end up losing his his junk he just um i was kind of like well that fucking serves you right you yeah piece of for shit. real yeah. <laughs> um yeah. i mean in the end she got him yeah she did yeah, yeah. She I, mean, did. I don't believe she died either i think she recovered I think it was just an involuntary reaction. Um, I think the what happened is the bullet ricocheted outside of her skull mm. and came out the back. So it was just the shock of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That caused her to bite down. That is I, um, some World of the Garp craziness. You yeah. know, I, I, we've been we've had a great conversation. I still have, like I said, two movies I want to talk about. But there's a thing here in the Hell's Eyes write up that I think ties off everything we've talked to up to this point very nicely. So I'd uh-huh. like to read this. It's a little lengthy, so please bear with me. But Rico, I think you're going to find this really interesting because it's a lot of movie trivia. And some of, it, some of it you may know, but I'd love to share it with the audience regardless. So 
While watching The Hills Have Eyes, director Sam Raimi noticed a ripped poster for Steven Spielberg's Jaws in a scene of the film. He took it to mean that Wes Craven was saying Jaws was just pop horror and what I have here is real horror. This inspired Raimi to include a ripped The Hills Have Eyes poster in the film Evil Dead as a humorous way of telling Craven, no, this is real horror, pal. Craven reacted to this by having Nancy Thompson. Stop! You're throwing me off. Craven reacted to this by having Nancy Thompson fall asleep while watching The Evil Dead in his film A Nightmare on Elm Street. Raimi responded to that by including Freddy Krueger's glove in a scene of Evil Dead 2. Later, Craven would have characters in his film Scream choose to watch a VHS of Halloween instead of The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, I'm sorry, The Evil Dead that they had. Then in the first season episode of Raimi's television show, Ash vs. The Evil Dead, Kruger's glove can be glimpsed while a poster for The Hills Have Eyes can be seen outside a movie theater in an episode of the show's second season. So, that's a whole lot of back and forth bullshit, but it's still pretty fucking funny. And they had been wanting to make a sequel to Freddy vs. Jason, where they include Ash from the Evil Dead. I've heard that. Yeah, Yeah. I have heard that. So, um, I think that ties off everything we've talked to up to this point. And if you guys will indulge me, I have two quasi-real horror things to talk about. Um, Rico's very familiar with them. Ariel, you may be less so. So... I I will list them both, and then depending on which ones you're familiar with, we'll we'll go from there. But the two movies are Red State and Tusk. Hmm. Now they're okay. they're both quasi horror, and they're both quasi true life. And I and I will explain why by, by me, what I mean by both of those. But are you familiar with either movie? Familiar, but I haven't seen them. Okay, so um, for our fans, they already know that those are both horror films made by Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, Red State is loosely based on the Westboro Baptist group, mm-hmm. and in the movie, they the the fictional group lures young boys who just want to have sex into a trailer and then kill them. As well, like they kidnap them, they, they drug kid- them, right. and then take them to the church. Yeah. Take them to the church and kill them at the church as a sacrifice. And, and wiping out the evil in, in male boys. So while the Westboro, and I will stress that we are not saying the Westboro Baptist people did that, it is based on that group. So that's where the quasi-real comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is terrifying. Michael Parks is fucking terrifying in, well, in both these movies, really, because he's in both of them. Um, he's more scary in Red State because that shit could legitimately fucking happen. Yeah, Tusk is a little mm-hmm. less less so. So Tusk, Tusk is based on a real um, ad post in the British version of Craigslist where a guy was looking for a roommate and there was this long ass story about how he spent many years at sea as a as a British Navy person and then he got he got marooned on an island and then his only friend for a long time was this walrus that he ended up calling Mr. Tusk. And they were great friends. And then he finally gets rescued and he misses his friend, Mr. Tusk. So if you're going to take the room, there's no board. It doesn't cost you anything, but you have to wear a walrus costume that he has created for 20 minutes a day and allow him to feed you fish and you're not allowed to speak while you're in the costume. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle... 
is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. So this post was really made, and Kevin Smith and his co-host and producer friend Scott Moser on their podcast, Smodcast, were talking about this ad, and as they're talking about it, Kevin just starts in his high mind, because he admits he was very high while they were doing that one, starts coming up with this horror movie about a guy who who commits or kidnaps people. A podcaster. A podcaster. Well, no, it starts about a guy, about Parks' character, who who actually is this guy who puts the ad out there and and has this same kind of deal. And except instead of having you live with him, he just kidnaps you and turns you into a walrus permanently, like just permanently yeah. turns you into a walrus. Now it came out, but as Kevin was shooting the movie, that that the article, the the ad was not real and put up as a joke. But the ad itself was real at one point, but the story is not. It was written specifically for the hope that Kevin Smith will read it. And he did. Like, and the guy was like, I, if I'm doing this, I want Kevin Smith to read this so he could talk about it because it, Kevin likes weird shit. So it all came kind of for full circle. But the walrus costume is... Because is... it's it's made out of skin. Like He, he, he kills yeah. people... It, it's it's like a it, it all right so it's it's kind of like this guy meets Ed Gein because it it turns it into a it's a skin suit but he uses it to turn another human into a walrus and he cuts off their arms and legs and and implants tusks he, into them he fuses the arms to the rib cage so yeah they can only do oh this. it's it's creepy as fuck and he cuts their legs off and takes a bone and sharpens it and screws it in to be the tusks. Yeah, Christ almighty, that's awful. And it's, it's played by Justin Long, so like you're watching, you're just, you're just like, oh, dude, what happened? Like, yeah, I mean, but like he, you were, he, you started out in Galaxy Quest. What he, the fuck? Yeah, right. He did really good in that movie. Well, Parks, oh, yeah. Parks is fucking terrifying in both those movies. And yeah. Rico, you say more so in Red State. I say equally terrifying. I get your point, though, that Red State could really happen, and that does make it slightly more terrifying just from an overall perspective. But Parks is equally himself terrifying in both of those movies. But, you know, there's a part in Tusk that is just... It's no less an impressive scene, but it just is more hysterical than it is terrifying. And here's the crazy thing. Johnny Depp is in Tusk. Yep. And yeah, yeah. And ultimately they made a pseudo spin-off called Yoga Hosers where he has re- uh, replaying the same role that he's in. But he plays a Quebecian uh inspector. So he's got Guy a beret. And his name is Guy Lapointe and or Guy Lapointe, one of the Point. two. Point. He's he's got a fucking beret and he's Johnny's doing this thing where he's as he's talking, just slowly crosses one eye, just sort of <laughs> off. Yeah, he does and, some weird eye shit. Yeah, and and he's got a big fake prosthetic nose that he had specifically had his makeup dude 
make into a penis. So he's got like a tip and like a long blue vein just running down the well, side. Well, no, he he didn't make the the he didn't make the nose look like a penis until the the blue vein was added. Like it was Johnny's idea was only the blue vein. Kevin had the 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 nose created before Johnny was ever really involved, and then Johnny had it put on him and was like, "Oh fuck, that looks like a giant penis," and went to Kevin and said, "Hey." Can we add a blue vein to this thing? And Kevin was like, yes. Yes, you yes. can. <laughs> and I got to say, Johnny did you just have... do it? Why did you do that? Because I'm just picturing like a dick on someone's face with a it, it blue doesn't, vein. It doesn't it's not, look like a it's dick. Not it's... Cl- you, you have to know that story to see it. Like if you don't know that, then it's not that yeah. obvious. Well, I had, a, I had a health teacher when I was in high school who had this disorder with his nose that you can get from over sun exposure. And so he had like little, what looked like blue veins all over his nose. Oh, well, and it creeps did, me out. He did was you, creepy. did you tell him like sound looks like someone's not clean? No, that wasn't my line. No, he, he, <laughs> she said this, this other thing, this, this thing that I can't pronounce from earlier. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, yeah, I, really, well, I couldn't resist. Um, so, <laughs> there's a part where Johnny read his character, and he, he speaks it off, you know, Quebecian, you know, French kind of. It's Canadian way over exaggerated, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you kind of not understand, it, but he's, he he regales a tale of how he met Parks's character, but he didn't know it was the guy who, who was committing all these murders, and Parks is. Take on the taking on the persona of a simpleton, like someone who's yeah. got mental issues. And mm-hmm. He speaks kind of like this and just kind of like, and and it's this thick accent to the Quebec French fuck. And then and they're trying to have a conversation. I'm laughing so hard, but yeah, I have a, no idea. It's so bizarre. It's it such is. a random ass scene amidst all this. Like, hey, we're gonna make Leatherface into a walrus. <laughs> And vice versa. And like the suit's got like stitches and it shit. Does. There's like it's... there's like an ear and there's a fucking face and there's a fucking nose and you're just like, what? This is a move? Clerks did this? What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. So Gucci it, fucking Gucci's? It it was it was it was creepy. But I, I only brought it up because there is a little bit of I mean, it's not real crime in some of these other ones we've talked about, but it certainly had some real real life influence as opposed to you know, other ones that are just pure fictionalized. So I wanted I wanted to contribute, goddammit. Um well, I actually You did good. I'm proud. Thank you. That'll what, do pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was curious um of Ariel's uh, point of view of um, natural born killers. Oh, that's interesting. Um, is there anything specifically that you want to know about it? No, I'm just curious your take on it because it's I admit I know it could be inspired by something real, but it's more it's it's also just Tarantino and Oliver Stone just being diabolical. Right. Was, well, it's inspired. A whole hell of a lot of true crime. I do know that part. Um, You know, um, oh, you don't have to deep. You don't have to deep dive. I was just like more of like, do you like the film? Can you Um, can can you watch movies that are just a straight up you know murder mystery and just turn your kind of academic brain off? 
Or do you find yourself constantly being like, oh, that's definitely based on Ed Gein or that's Warnos or whatever. Or even um, more so, that's just all bullshit. Yeah, like if you see right, some, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like, that's bullshit. Well, I mean, it depends, I guess. Like when it comes to like horror or suspense thriller kind of stuff, I mean, like, look, throw me in front of, you know, fucking Batman versus Superman and I'm I'm all about it and I will suspend disbelief all day long, right? Okay. Um, but that's uh, easy to do with to... that movie because it's terrible. But yes, it's <laughs> oh, it's wretched. But it's my wretched. Name was Martha too. <laughs> she, to be fair, I pointed. To be fair, I didn't fucking realize that that was the same. That was, they both have the same name. It is. It is true. It's a. It's a I bad premise. Over, it's a bad premise to put the movie in, on. But in the movie theater, I leaned over and I just was like, "Oh, that's weird." Superman's mom is named Martha too. And he was like, huh, never thought about that. And then of course it became the thing in the movie. And I was like, womp womp. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then we realized also, Hey, Aquaman's dad is named Thomas. Batman's dad's name is Thomas. Could maybe the DC writers just not kind of ex- like, you know, try new things <laughs> or, or was it literally the only names were Thomas, Bruce, Clark, and Martha. That was it in the 30s. That's it. Those are your choices. Uh, Well, listen. Hi, I'm Martha. No shit, I'm Martha too. (laughs) Oh my God, my mom's Martha. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm Martha. You know, I... I, My name is Martha Thomas Wayne. I'll I'll tell you something funny off air about my family. It's crazy. But anyway, um, listen... Ariel, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we, we've we had a blast tonight. It's been long, but it's been fun and worth every fucking minute. So thank oh, you. Oh, my pleasure. This has been great. Um, yeah. we, we would love to have you back. Um, I'm sure we'll find a reason. And if not, sure. we'll, we'll make one up just to make it happen. So... Well, I oh, think you same. guys are going to go start a fucking podcast together is what I've been hearing. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. So he, was, he just mentioned an idea for a podcast he's wanting to do. And I was like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. He never t- he never talked to me. So, he... yes, because I knew you'd hate the idea. So. Well, all right. Yeah, I'm, I better hear this fucking idea. God That's damn fine. It. All right. So anyway, can I finish saying goodbye to our guest, please? No. Thank you. No. No. no? Martha. Martha, where, where, where? Martha. Um, Why did you say that name? <laughs> Where's that trigger? Um. Uh, Ariel, I seriously almost called you Martha. Um, Ariel, thank you, thank you for joining us. Um, it, it really, it really, like I said, has been so much fun, and I. I killed rico um i'm just thinking of because i'm like you you almost said ariel like 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 in the little mermaid how sebastian i was like and then i'm like if then you said i'm gonna i almost called her martha and i'm like does that make her the little wayne (laughs) and i just started like giggling about how my brain is so stupid no, see, and I take that a step further because now she's a black rapper with a really bad platinum grill, which is a whole nother issue. Which um, means she's Jared Leto's Joker. Exactly. It circles back. Oh, 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 oh
Oh my god. I I I I what a way to end this. Um thank you so much, Ariel. Thank you yeah. to the audience as always. Rico, take us out out. Uh she um we talked about murder and then she murdered us with laughter. CJ here with a few thank yous and let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. I say cut. A monkey, Wes? I mean, Jesus, you guys aren't even trying anymore, are you? Damn it! my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it.